Hey, everyone, and welcome to the 37th installment of the Weekly Catch-Up Podcast. The date is June 17th, 2020. I'm your host, Bradley Colvin, and as always, I am joined by my co-host, Mr. Carson Gibbons. That'd be me. How you doing, man? I'm good. Man, I got the day off from hosting this podcast. <laughs> I'm laying in the cut. I'm chilling. Oh, is that right? Oh, yeah. It's like PTO for me. I'm just going to, you know, sit around with you and shoot the wind and try not to swear. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds great, man. I'm looking forward to it. Okay. Do I have to do the let's get it part? Yeah, you do. Oh, you didn't tell me that far when we made well. this agreement. <laughs> let's get it. It's the weekly catch up with Carson and Brad. Here to talk about the week we done had. It could be sports, religion, politics. We keeping the tabs. You would think they work for Gucci, how they deep in their bag. Get your facts up. On Wednesday, we'll be counting the stats up. So turn the volume up till it's maxed up. You know the drill. So tell a friend to tell a friend to relax up and chill. We back up. This is the weekly catch up. All right, so welcome back, thoughts, tots, and bots. <laughs> I love that Michael reached out with that little insight. He was like, hey, I'm back on episode 26, and I love how you started calling them thoughts, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I, we we appreciate the feedback, as always. We love Real-time reflection, though, like when I get hit up and told, like, hey, I'm listening to this episode and it's like 20 episodes ago. I'm like, don't, don't do that. Yeah. Like that, that's not us. That's not, yeah. We're different people now. We've grown since then. Like, don't judge us based on. Right. That was 10 weeks ago. Y- we've got a two we were, week, we've got a two week half life. We were, <laughs> we were idiots back then. Yeah. We were young, you know? Right, yeah. That was like eight weeks ago. So naive. No, he was listening to episode 26 and. He's been steadily making his way through. Uh, he was so far back that that's crazy. Because whenever he texted, I thought he said, "Yeah, he did say 26. I thought oh, I just yeah, yeah. I read it as thirty six, which was last week's episode. So I thought he was completely. Caught you know, up. if he was texting us and saying, "I liked the way you called them thoughts <laughs> in last week's episode," which we never mentioned thoughts in last week's episode, um, that sure. would be kind of like picking out one tree in the middle of a big forest that's kind of on fire. <laughs> Fair. Okay. Fair is fair. Yeah. 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 Well, we always appreciate the feedback. Yeah. And welcome back, Michael. I'm whenever you get to this, I guess in Yeah, December. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? June now? Yep. June 17. Oh. Uh big shout out. It's my sister's B day on Friday. Awesome. So happy twenty seventh birthday to Meredith Gibbons. We love on you, Meredith. Friday. So she she lives That's a great. life unlike many others. Yeah. So she lives a good life. Yeah. It's my mom's birthday on the eighth. It's her birthday on the nineteenth. There's a lot of birthdays clustered around here. Happy Father's Day to yeah. all the dads uh, coming up this Sunday. Shout out to Bob and Dean, in particular. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, you know, we're here because of you. Yeah. Thanks, y'all. Yeah. Really, Bob and Dean are why this podcast exists. When you think about Honestly. it. Honestly. Like in all reality. Yeah. I mean, if you really like crunch the numbers. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. Moving on. Well, um, and shout out to all of our children. Uh, You know, all the listeners, I can consider you. Oh my goodness. Don't ever (laughs) say that again. (laughs) That just made me, I literally, my blood froze for a minute, y'all. 
Like, don't ever say anything about my children because I have no children. Allegedly. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> don't. Why would you even get that started? Oh, I'm totally kidding. That's just a joke. That'd be so funny if there was like this influx of listener <laughs> feedback that's like, Carson's the father of my child and we've never met. Yeah. Now this is the episode for all of you to stand up. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> what are you doing right now? <laughs> this is like a more terrible version of, well, not for, for me, it's a more terrible version of me too. Cause it's like me too. He, uh, he yeah. fathered my child. Yeah. Like I fathered no children. Well, uh, we are definitely in need of more sponsors so we can get donations. Well, for all the child support. Yeah, yeah. I have no children. Uh, I'm an abstinent member of the church. You have my clergy badge that just came in the mail. <laughs> yes. Right before this episode, I did take a picture of Carson with his clergy badge. Um, you guys will, will be able to see it on our socials uh, this week. Um, came yeah. with a binder with a, the photo the power vested in you Ooh. and i was like whoa all right <laughs> speak yeah. through me lord <laughs> mercy so carson is now a man of the cloth yep. is, like like we said he is not who he was 10 weeks ago he is a new man he's ready to uh, get some of our friends married yeah and take confession <laughs> i'll still take your confession <laughs> we can do it via facetime <laughs> In these okay. trying times of resurgences, yeah. 21 states are resurging. I heard that you overheard on my last Zoom call of the day um, something about Dallas is the fifth biggest hotspot in the nation at the moment, mm -hmm. which you know I've seen at the local news level, the national news level. I don't really, I haven't really been tuning into that, but I have been kind of seeing that. Oh, it seems to be going back up, maybe. Yeah. Um. Yeah, what, what do you think? It's spiked hard. Yeah. Like. How many how many cases we're having like hundreds of cases a day, right? Yes. Um, is that just due to expanded testing? I feel like for a while there it was like, oh, this is expanded testing, but I have I've sensed something different, like, oh, people are maybe sheltering in place again a little bit more because the initial uh, surge of, of right. socialization. And we all we all knew that there would be like a round two um but it, uh, I'm reading that there has nearly been an 85% increase in COVID-19 hospitalizations since Memorial Day from yeah. about 1,500 to close to 3,000. So, Okay. Yeah. Um, so how, how are you combating this? Masking up again? I feel like I saw masks were off for a couple of weeks and then they came back on. Yeah. So I wear my mask where it is like I have to. So if the, if the place that I'm walking into says I need a mask, I wear a mask. So for instance, I went to REI this past weekend, which is you shout out to REI. You can be a sponsor anytime. You're my favorite <laughs> store. And I blow all of my money at, you know, I just <sighs> really, they'd just be giving some of your money back if they were honestly, the honestly got it. Um, but yeah, they require masks. So I wear my mask. Got it. Yep. Mm. Yeah. I, I would say that I'm right there with you, except that I try to get into the places that require masks without one. Mm. And sometimes I've been stopped by a security guard and, um, you know, screw that person just <laughs> straight up. The guy at Kroger, this local Kroger, mm. I hate this guy because he's one of those guys that won't let you go in either entrance, you know, because yeah. I just like to go directly through 
I want to go to the right side of the store. Right. So I want to go through the exit. They're funneling everybody through the through the one entrance. And I'm a you know tall, slender, good looking gentleman. I could just slip through and just make it, but he never <laughs> lets me. And mm-hmm. he actually turned me away when I didn't have a mask one day. Like when the the if, when the law or guideline went sure. first into effect. And I really was frustrated with him over that because I was like, I, I walked all the way over here to buy stuff from your place of employment. You're turning me away, but whatever. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I guess that the responsible thing to say is you should wear a mask if you're made to. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> well, speaking of wor- first world problems, uh, I've been hitting up the gym again. Oh, yeah. And yeah, Gerald and I started our workout routine on Monday. But prior to that, I'd been going in and lifting a little but gotten into swimming again. You know, I'm, oh, I'm trying to build yeah. up my conditioning. Um, and I'll be honest, like that first day of swimming, I went underwater just to see how long I could hold my breath. <laughs> it was embarrassing. Like 13 seconds? Like less. <laughs> but I will say I, I will say I did a down and back. Less than 13 seconds? Dude, it was sad. I did a down and back though, so I was kind of out of breath. Like I, I went as hard as I could. Were you were you submerged or were you swimming during this whole time? So for the down and back for the breath I, test. Well, I was completely underwater. Yeah. Right, right. So you were just like hovering. You were just treading water. Like correct. Okay. After yeah. And you couldn't make it thirteen seconds. Dude, in that the way? first time not. But like I could understand if you were swimming and your heart rate was elevated and you needed to take a breath. But hey, your it, boys, your boys not conditioned. Your boys has been out of shape. But we're getting back into it, man. Okay. What is that? So. I guess there's a direct correlation between your breath control and that kind of circumstance and maybe like cardiovascular health and yeah, endurance so. and yeah, dude, working I, out those lungs. Keep me updated on that swimming stuff though, because I've also been thinking about joining a gym just to have access to honestly to the wet areas. Yeah, like, the lane I really want sauna. I really want steam room. See the, the saunas and steam rooms are not open back yet. So, so don't, <sighs> don't sign up yet. Well, I just want to get all this stuff available at a home crib because yeah. I just feel like sometimes all you need is a good detox day. Sometimes all you need is like a Buddha juice day or take a hot bath or a mm-hmm. steam shower, you know, go for a run, you yep. know, golf six miles on foot, do something <laughs> that makes you sweat. Right. It's intensive and I heart rate elevated. Agree. Cause like, man, I did that the other day. I was feeling bloated and I went out golf from 12 to four. I think mm-hmm. I mentioned that. And the next day I just didn't have a gut. Nice. You know, just you can really shave a lot of that. Yeah. Um, I've kind of been doing that, but (laughs) the gut's still there. But uh, no, it's not. Like, that's the thing. All right. You're, you, I'm envious of people like you that can bulk up just from eating more. Like, you can, let's say that, would you say that your eating habits have been, um, not as disciplined at times? Dude, my eating habits are atrocious. Okay. So, the fact that they're atrocious and you look like you do is frustrating to me. <laughs> okay. Because I well, wouldn't get away with that. that I wouldn't get away with that. Like, yeah. we're the same height, but, basically. Yeah. And the way that you carry weight is is proportionally good looking to the way that I carry weight about 80 pounds off. Mm. Like, literally. You can look amazing at 240 where I have to be 160 to look at, like the same proportionate. Like you carry fat in a different way and it's very advantageous to you. Well, thanks man. Cause I, I'm, I'm, I'll be honest. I'm self-conscious about it sometimes, but that's ridiculous. Um, I, I, I've told you this. I know, but I think for me, especially, um, 
like whenever I was in Maryland and I was working out there, like I had gotten really fit. I, you know, I was kind of like, you know, I had muscles on my shoulders and everything and I was looking right. And so to look back on those pictures and then to look back at like recent pictures, I'm like, dang. And so I guess I'm kind of comparing to what I was then, maybe not so much comparing myself or like to the people around me, but to how I used to look. And so I'm trying to get back and get fit. Um, so in, in that regard, isn't it funny how we look the best at some of the unhappiest times of our lives? Yeah. Like the minute you get happy at, or proportionate with your time, like let's say that you're in a bad place, you're working all the time, you don't socialize properly, mm -hmm. you don't have a, a community around you, um, you're thin as a rail and just look like a million bucks. And then the minute you got like a squeeze or nice back home with family time, yeah, like you're eating right, you're eating right, you're just chilling. And it's almost sometimes when I've gained a little weight, I'm like, oh, good for you, buddy. Like things yeah. must be going I. <laughs> but <laughs> you know, you're not like, wrong. Like, cause whenever I moved that first year is whenever I lost all that weight in Maryland and, you know, I moved out, I was away from my family and friends and, you know, I had a few people out there, but I just made friends with the athletic director at the school that I was working at. And, um, so he was like my best bud for a while there and, um, I didn't have anything better to do. So I would, I would be up at the gym at like 5am before I taught. Um, and then I'm, you know, going like six days a week, um, I don't, I don't think I'm, I think I'm going to do five days a week now, but, um, yeah, I think there definitely is a correlation. So now I am really happy, but I'm all, on top of that. I'm also trying to be happy, you know, thinking about the future. I don't want to get to where I'm like 300 pounds and, you know, I'm like huffing and puffing, like chasing after my kids and, uh, things like that. Like I want to be able to play ball with them and run around all that good stuff. So I'm trying, you know, I, I, I like to plan ahead. And so, um, just trying to get fit, trying to, you know, trying to be happy with my body and also uh, just thinking about the future. You know, I want to be around for a while. I love how your workout goals are like, <laughs> don't fall at little league in five years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's fair. You're a, you're a regular Lance Armstrong. You. Yeah, I try. No, but I, I'm probably I, less athletic yeah. than you in many respects. On Monday, I did the back workout. Yesterday was uh, um, abs and 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 chest, and uh, today was leg day. Did some leg presses. I swear, you already look like more. You, you work out once and you look like you've been working out hard for three months. Oh, you know what I mean? Hey, like I, I told, I told right Gerald, now. I was like, give me three weeks, bro. <laughs> give me three weeks. I'll be all right. Oh, and Gerald was just like, you'll yeah. know. Gerald was just like, you'll, well, he didn't say this, but you know, I'll never be him. Well, exactly. He's like, I have an eight pack before we walked in. Cause yeah. I'm 28 <laughs> athletic from yeah. DFW. Right. Baby. Gym rat. <laughs> GTL. Gerald. <laughs> Oh, I love that guy. He's like Jim Tan Laundry Truck. Yeah, man. So, um, been been working out, been eating healthier. Uh, I'm laying off the sweets, uh, laying off the sodas. I'm like, I'm I'm pretty much actually I am strictly water unless I'm putting in like the powder mix or whatever for my pre workout or uh, post workout drinks. Oh wow, you're doing pre and post workout drinks. Yeah, man, you got to get the pre workout. It gives you the caffeine, the energy to go, and right then the protein. Here, like... Well, and I want to say something to you that is really more about everybody that thinks along these lines. Where 
you adopt a workout program and then you just quit that workout <laughs> program. And but you do all these things with intensity where it's like pre pre workout drink, bro, post workout, ah, mom, where's the that. creatine? That's not like, all that. But it's such quick ramp up and and thought process that it's like you know, I, I always get concerned. It's like adopt things that you can do into perpetuity that you know well i mean like i've i've said previously that i've been i've been like walking running six miles a day and i've been doing that for about a month and a half oh so that's been going on this entire time yeah okay that's why you're looking looking right yeah looking tight right so i i mean i i feel like i'm being realistic with my goals and everything going back to what you were saying though about sweets like that's the single greatest culprit like if you want to maintain anything you cannot eat dessert at least six and a half days a week. Yeah. Like probably I'm going to say it's rough. you can't splurge on a dessert, but maybe once a month. Yeah, man, I gained a lot of weight this school year. <laughs> I started dating Courtney and between her and her mom, her mom was always cooking me these sweets and her brothers were bringing it up to the school and just like a whole thing of cookies for me and everything and um, tasted delicious. Like she's a wonderful cook, but and you know, I can't say no. <laughs> I love me a cookie. So I've historically told my mom no a lot because, yeah. you know, she she's of the opinion that she's a, a baker and she's really great in the kitchen. She was mm-hmm. really famous growing up. You know, people loved coming to our house just to see her latest creations and people would put in requests. They'd see like we were having a yeah. potluck and somebody <laughs> we, there's a lot of funny stories, actually. But She'll she'll bake a whole plate of cookies anytime you come over, and then as she, as she senses you're getting ready to leave, she's ziplocking up the rest of the pan that mm-hmm. she's like you know crisping <laughs> off, right? Um, fresh, and it's like, uh, yeah, I have so many of her um, uh, pans or whatever they're called, uh, bowls and to go mm-hmm. things, containers, yeah, to go container Tupperware. Thank you, I got you. But it's like glass Tupperware. It's like okay, nice, yeah. nice bougie stuff. Right. She sent home meatballs. Um, I love her. Yeah, those meatballs are the. I, I eat her vegetarian cooking way more than I eat um, her, any of her meat. Hmm. I she just she always grew up uh, cooking meat uh, vegetarian for my dad. Yeah, he was the only vegetarian in the family. Yeah, no, I've had those meatballs and I've had more of her cooking like at the Thanksgiving dinners and everything. And I've been over a couple other times and. Yeah, she's a wonderful cook. But as I've well. had to turn her down. Yeah, they y'all make it hard. Y'all make it hard on us. I think that's just the, I mean, not to stereotype it or anything, but yeah. good Southern woman, so to right. speak, is just like, you know. Yeah. My mom had big issues. Like when I looked my best in my head, she mm-hmm. was like, "What is happening? <laughs> Are you on heroin?" Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't um, say that. <laughs> yeah. No. Like I said, whenever I first started dating Courtney, like it was all like. I couldn't tell her mom, though. First of all, I didn't want to. But even if I did, it's like, this is a new relationship. Like, you know, I want to be respectful and everything. She's, <laughs> she's, she's uh, sending me all these treats. Uh, okay. Taking them home is one thing. Eating every single one of them is another. Bro, I don't, have, throw I don't have self-control. That's why That's why I have to eat healthy. That's why I, I have either. to get into this uh, routine. And I have to be really meticulous with it because that's just the type of personality I am. Um, I have to get into something like this and you know maybe whenever i'm at the physique that i want then i can kind of mellow out and um do everything but if i if i were to go and get some chips or do um there's a gas there's a gas station on my way home from work 
and they have these homemade brownies, and then I get like Lay's potato chips and Goodness hot Cheetos. Gracious. And, yeah, it's disgusting, dude. Wow, you like, eat like a teenager boy, but I do. honestly, I'll do this. Dude, one day I went to Chipotle and I got you know, burrito, chips, and guac, and then I stopped at a gas station, and mm-hmm. I got a big bag of Doritos and a family size of M&M's. You're crazy, right? I was just like, oh, I'll have a couple Doritos to, like, spice it up. Yeah. And then I'll have a couple chocolates. And, of course, what happens is I end up opening the chocolates in the car mm-hmm. because I, I want to eat the chocolates before, <laughs> during, and after the meal. <laughs> and I eat the whole thing. One night, this was one of the worst nights in his, my history, <laughs> recent history, like months ago, but yeah. a while back, really social distancing time. I think I ate like almost a full bag of Doritos, the chips and guac, the burrito, and a full family share size of M and M's. That's impressive. And like the next day, I was just like dragging, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, just "When, when can I right? poop it out?" Like, yeah, <laughs> this is terrible. Yeah, um, I've already noticed like this uh, eating healthier has helped with my sleeping habits, like. Now I'm waking up before my alarm and I don't even feel groggy or anything. Um, so that's been nice. I've been drinking tons of water. I'm trying to get to where I'm drinking like a gallon a day. That's what I was doing um, a couple years ago. Uh, but I'm trying to get to that point. And if I don't reach it, that's fine. I'm not super hardcore about that. But I do want to make sure that I'm uh, drinking a lot of water. I drink like I try to drink 100 ounces plus a day. Yeah. They, they always say, I think, half your body weight in ounces so that's more than half my body weight so yeah um but really the best the best ideal for me is if i can consistently four or five days a week have just a protein bar you know mid-afternoon and then some element of like a a nice legumes starch meat uh Mm -hmm. veggies meal like a chipotle burrito and if i do chipotle burrito chips and guac and a protein bar all day and water and coffee you know that's a 2000 calorie day typically and then if i'm layering on consistent movement a minimum of like basically three miles a day in steps Mm -hmm. mixed in with like hot intense uh golf rounds walking or being active, if I could throw a run in or start swimming like you, mm-hmm. I could be a lot more chiseled, which is, it's time. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Keep me updated on that. Certainly. Um, I mean, hopefully my body will keep you updated on that. But. <laughs> <laughs> man, you just talk smack day one. You're like, day one of the gym, you're like, beast mode. <laughs> hey, can you spot me, bro? <laughs> try day three but okay (laughs) (laughs) i know i'm just saying like i don't doubt that you walked into that gym on monday just like you know with your hernia belt on (laughs) i've been working out with gerald like looking at myself in the mirror next to him like i'm not super confident so i'm just being funny how's he doing he's doing great chilling okay still on days yeah working that day shift that's how he's able to work out now have a normal social life yep so he's doing all right, man. Right on. Yeah. So any uh, updates between last podcast and this one? On um, anything besides our health? Like, I don't know if you have life um, before we start getting dude, into the happenings of the world. I, I had a pretty fun weekend, actually. I got to go up to Windstar. Nice. Uh, John called me. Sarah was having a, a girls weekend in Dallas, and it was pretty funny. Uh, I hope that he doesn't mind me telling this story, Perfect. but the girls all have kids and 
So his option was like, if he wanted to hang out on the west side of town over near Fort Worth, he could go and hang out with all the dudes who are also dads. <laughs> and he, they were going to get pizza and have a pizza night with all the kids at a house. Yeah. And he's describing this to me as like kind of a semi-viable option. And I was just like, what, what, what's happened? Like, I can't, <laughs> I would never do that. Yeah. Like it was so horrifying. So I said, dude, like, let's go to, so let's go to Vegas. Let's go to Sodom and Gomorrah tonight. <laughs> oh, goodness. And he's like, no. And I was like, let's go to the casino at Windstar. And he was like, yeah, I could do that. Call Michael. <laughs> like, let's see what's up. So I called Michael and we, uh, the three of us went up to Windstar and it was packed. Really? Oh yes. They Did took- you have to wear masks? Oh yeah. Okay. So, but here was the funniest part. I was like, I wonder if you can smoke. We walked in, people had their masks pulled down around their chins and they were just yeah, smoking so just palm oil at the slots. And it was like, yeah. what is going on? Did you see like a lot of uh, the staff like cleaning machines and stuff or how was it just like a regular? So they had like this interesting uh, semicircular uh, layer of plexiglass or, you know, a divider mm-hmm. at mouth level between the dealer who's standing up and you who are, you're a little bit submerged on the table sitting down on a high bar stool. But it was such that she kind of had to almost lean down almost like a teller counter. Yeah. Um, but it was totally visible through. So it really didn't take away from the experience. I didn't think like, um, I felt like I've had more intimate conversations and situations. Like typically if, if the casino is not packed, you can have a conversation with some of your dealers. And I'm always asking dealers like, Hey, you know, what's the book say on this one? You know, different mm-hmm. stuff like that. Cause I, I play blackjack. And so anyway, um, it was a cool experience. There was a billion people there, uh, just a billion people. I'd never seen the casino more packed. Crazy. Like, we saw the parking lot and we were like, uh oh. Yeah. And then we saw the line to get your temperature taken outside. And I said, guys, I haven't said this up until this point, but mm-hmm. with limited capacity at tables, like there might be a wait to get in or something. Yeah. And so we got there. There wasn't a wait, thankfully. But, you know, they only have like, for being such a, I think it's like one of the biggest casinos in North America or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, for being such a big casino, their table games area is small and they didn't offer poker and they offered 50% capacity, 60, really, it was really 63 out of five seats that every blackjack table could be occupied. Yeah. Um, and then they had roulette and all the slots, obviously, um, bars open, restaurants, blah, blah, blah. We always go up there, go to El Phoenix and then find a blackjack table. And, you know, I insist on a $5 blackjack table because I'm cheap. Like, I like to take out two bills, put one down, right. and hopefully not reach for the second and <laughs> right. just coast on. Yep. If you I'm can, the same. If you can the buy same. some drinks, some food, you know, tip tip your people and, you know, tread water, that's perfect for me. Yeah. And so I'd had three consecutive casino goes uh, between, I think, Oklahoma and Vegas, actually, mm-hmm. where I had netted positive or... Ooh. Like you're in the black. I went to Vegas the last time and gambled probably 12 or 14 hours, got drinks, you know, mm-hmm. uh, tipped waitresses, tipped dealers and played, you know, three days in a row and left with like everything paid for and another eight, eight or twenty dollars. Like it was per- perfect for me. Yeah. That didn't happen on Saturday, <laughs> but <laughs> oh man, we get up there and go to El Phoenix and then we go find a table. It was funny because. We get done with dinner at like 840 and we're going and we look around for, there's just one little tiny area of table games and we, we noticed that some of them were kind of lit up like they might open. Mm -hmm. So we asked and they said, actually those tables are going to open at nine. Go ahead and just go seat yourself. 
So the three of us were able to go find a $5 table. The three of us were the only people at the table and we played there for probably three or four consecutive hours. Mm -hmm. Um, we lost a lot of money, but <laughs> oh, and all of you, uh, I don't, I know Michael and I did I'm pretty sure oh, well. John was down a lot at one point. I think he made a good comeback though. I can't remember nice. if he left net positive or just lost. I don't yeah. John's always the big gambler out of, I mean, at least me and him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, last time I went was for Alex bachelor party and we also went to Windstar and, um, it's a solid choice. Yeah. I came out, I came out good, made about a hundred bucks Ooh. and, but I, I don't go often. So I, I don't either, Yeah, but it's an itch sometimes like you just got to scratch and we just wanted to get out of town, do oh, something yeah. abnormal. No, totally. So we ran up there and then, um, got home. I slept from about 2 AM to 9 AM. And then got up and did my pre pre golf routines because um, yeah. I played Cowboys Golf Club. Yeah, you told me that you Holy were going crap. to this really nice man. I didn't know how nice it was going to be. Like, shout it out was to... nicer than you had described before you <laughs> yeah. went on. Wow. Well, just the entire experience. Like, I felt like one of those poor people at the country club. That have you ever heard that story about the the poor person that goes on a cruise or something and they they don't know that it's all inclusive and they can eat all the food. And so they just eat yeah. peanut butter crackers uh, yeah, in their room like, and then realize like, Oh, what? this is, yeah, they, they were too embarrassed to even ask. Mm -hmm. And that's how I felt there. Gotcha. Like, because we had these passes where you just walk up to any bar, any beer cart girl and just say, can I get a blue Gatorade or a pack of crackers? And they just give it to you. Like there is no exchange. There's no paperwork nice. needed. Like, they give you certain bills for certain things. Like we had dinner in the clubhouse. Yeah. They brought us a bill and the bill was zeroed out except for my buddy's uh, beer. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was insane. The, the way that you know how nice a golf course like that is, is by the beer cart and grill girls. Mm. When, when push comes to shove, like fairways can be nice. Greens can be <laughs> manicured, but when there's like a, just a knockout the, blonde, yeah, the staffing and snacks, huh? Just, covered in angel or secret you know yeah. perfume and makeup Same. like you know and and has a rapport with a lot of the club members yeah there's this grill out on hole seven and eleven and it's just like this this like pit it's like a grill pit like <laughs> where they're they're like literally live grilling hot dogs and jalapeno sausages for you and like mm. it's just sweaty in there and like the it's just like a knockout tin yeah <laughs> and you're like you're out on the court. Like what's happening right now? So everything was all inclusive. Um, it was beautiful, amazing golf course. We got to play with a, a member. We had a, a, just me and David Richardson. And then we got paired up with a third who plays there like literally three or four times a week. Mm -hmm. So it was perfect. Cause David had played there once. I'd never played there. And you want somebody to say there's a Creek up there. Yep. You can only go about 150 yards. Cause you know, so anyway, I lost the, uh, the match play mm -hmm. on the day by two holes okay. but i shot fewer strokes for the round nice. so um not too shabby you know i actually didn't play like i was hoping to i was i spent the majority of the day in the sand okay. so and it's funny because i play at this city muni course that is in some people's definition ghetto mm -hmm. but it's perfect for me but it doesn't actually have any bunkers it doesn't have any sand oh, traps yeah. on the course because it has to be lower maintenance yeah. so it'll have narrow fairways great par threes it's mm -hmm. an aggressive course but there is no sand right so if i hit it within 10 yards of the green on any side as long as there's not water 
typically you're, you're okay. Good. Yeah. Well, it's like a nice little chip onto the green, or you can go ahead and just putt if you're already in the short mm-hmm. grass. Well, I spent, I think I was in the sand 11 holes, and sometimes multiple times a hole. So it was it was treacherous for me, and I, I had dictated that we played as it lied, so mm-hmm. as it lay. Yeah. So he moved the ball at one point, and I re- I freaked <laughs> out on him because he moved the ball, and then he hit the most beautiful shot of all time yeah. into the group in front of like he didn't know how much of a hold of it he was gonna mm-hmm. get, and he like buzzed them like he hit it onto the green yeah. on a par five or just off the green, and then he told me later that he moved it, and I. I literally, I was like, you Judas, like, <laughs> and I literally, I started turning to the guy that the other guy that we didn't know as well. And we just met him and I was like, you know, you know what you look for in a golfing companion, Mitchell, Mitchell was his name. It's like somebody that's not going to lie and cheat. You know, mm. I just told this man that he's my second favorite golf friend and this is what he does to me. So I was saucy over this. So yeah. I ended up getting a move later in the, the round. Come on, Mitchell. Mitchell was just laughing, you know. He's a controller for some company and golfs out there all the time. Lives the high life. <laughs> Shout out to that dude. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> We're like, do you play out here much? He's like, uh, I've been out here five times this month. And it was like the 15th, <laughs> yeah. the 14th. So that's good. So yeah, good weekend with that. Lots of, lots of work. I, there's a lot of stuff to catch up on, actually. Okay. I'm trying to think. The I want to circle back to the clergy comment. Last week's episode, I was listening to it um, because yes, I listened to the show once. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just we gotta, just listen, we gotta listen. Yeah, we gotta listen back to <laughs> to, to, to see what if we yeah, said anything to know if uh, we should show up to work the next day or not. <laughs> um, so uh, the reason why I had said when I did the revision about Shelley and I said more funny stories about her later. Yeah, when I texted. Michael and Shelly that I'd gotten ordained as a minister to do their wedding. You know, Michael had, of course, texted something saucy back like, oh, man of the cloth, welcome, yeah. brethren, because I think he's also ordained. Uh-huh. And Shelly was like, woo. And um, she was like, it sucks that both of you are like closer to God than I ever can be because <laughs> I'm a woman. <laughs> uh. So that's a real thread that's been going on with her that really cracks me up. So yeah. that was the funny story. I, I like that. Go back to. That's good. Um, what about your week? Um, man, I've been doing my master's classes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. What's week mm-hmm. two like? Because we uh, know week one was just like a. Well. <laughs> uh, all right. So where should I begin? At the beginning. <laughs> um, Monday, the first class was equally confusing, except a lot of the students have come together and we're like helping each other through it. So that's cool. Uh, the second class was pushed back 30 minutes. Like originally we were told it was going to be just an hour, even though it's supposed to go from 11 to one. Uh, we're typically going to typically going to be released at noon. And so I was like, awesome. But then it got pushed back 30 minutes and then we went all the way to one. So even though that is technically the, a lot of time that we're supposed to be there, I was a little salty about it. Actually, it's 30 minutes less than the allotted time that you're supposed to be there. Sorry, I meant I was released at the time that I was supposed to. Be. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Well, actually. You know. Yeah, Carson just pushed up his glasses on his nose while he said that. Shut up. No, I'm just saying like. <laughs> I hate a well actually type of dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
No, no, go ahead. You're about to. <laughs> I don't have anything to add. <laughs> All right. Um, Continue on with your story. I'll save my feedback yeah. for later. And then the next day, uh, I had gone into this class and I had been called on. <laughs> You're like, so we get done at one. <laughs> the next day, <laughs> this is a grueling program. Well, no, folks. even after one, like I did several quizzes. I actually got ahead in one of my classes. Like I'm four quizzes ahead, which is awesome. I got uh, <laughs> I got 100% on three of them and 94 on the other. Um, <laughs> chilling just dunking on this zoom program <laughs> yo swallow i'm dunking on your master's program yeah that's because i'm very studious not because it's so easy don't uh, ever change okay um it's very strenuous anyway yeah. um the next day i got called on in class uh we were talking about uh student development and uh, specifically boys who mature early versus boys who mature later and what those characteristics look like and if they mature early on, um, are they way different as adults? And so I'd gotten called on and, you know, I was saying, well, some of my students who do seem like more mature, they don't necessarily tick off all of these boxes. And same with, um, you know, my students that, that aren't very mature. Like I wouldn't say that they fit all of this. I, I think that it's a combination of some of it and uh, they can't just be defined within this box. And the teacher was like, yeah, well, okay, how long have you been teaching? I was like, well, this is in my fifth year. He's like, okay, so you ha really haven't seen your students like grow up, grow up. And he wasn't really satisfied with my answer. And so then he calls on somebody else and, you know, they give their reasoning and it's fine, whatever. He's And then he moved on. Well, at the end of the class, uh, he says, okay, and I just want you guys to know, like, the students don't necessarily, you know, fit this mold. You know, they are all different. And they're not going to tick off all these boxes. He basically said the same exact thing that I said, even though he wasn't satisfied with my answer. So that was slightly frustrating. I even had one of my friends text me. He's like, dude, he just like copied what you said. I said, I know. I could be teaching this. Wow, you were just cocky at every <laughs> juncture. You're in the gym day one. You're like, look at me. I'm like the rock. See what happens when I run masters. See I could what, be teaching this class. See what happens when I do the intro. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I love it. Like this inflated ego be rad like yeah. this is how you should be 24 7 well not just when you host no, uh, no. but yeah screw that guy <laughs> like what well i'm not gonna go that far but well um, yeah i'm sorry um you know yeah let him down but easy. It, it was it was uh was yeah. he calling on you for your own personal experience i'm like was he yeah. was he like hey brad he were you a man at 10 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well no he even asked me what type of student i was i was like dude i was probably like a late maturing student like I you know just from the characteristics that were listed um, just goofing off and stuff but I it also talked about how those students you know are kind of rebellious and talk back to the teachers which I never did um, and that's what led me to that conversation about you know well they're not just gonna fit this one mold um, anyway um, so yeah, th that's that's been my classes so masters I, going well in two different classes I have two different uh, group projects going on and that's actually going really well i love the breakout sessions and and um my classmates that i've been paired with uh are pretty studious and we're all on the same page um so that's been nice we're getting i know i've talked to some people that are in other groups and they are not near nearly as far along as we are um so i'm, I'm feeling really good about all that that's great. That that might be the main benefit derived from some of these programs is just that you're around probably the more 
you know, uh, excelling type person uh, in your field, yeah. it, you know, for this generation. And you can compare notes in the first five years of teaching. Oh, yeah. So it's like that in that region. Like you're getting mm-hmm. all different flavors and um, for sure, you know, it's got to be invaluable peer feedback uh, among your peer group. Definitely. Professionally. Yeah. And it's also nice to know that, you know, there are certain things that I could complain about as far as my school. I'd really be nitpicking because I do love the school where I work now. It's probably like this last year, uh, minus, you know, having to switch to distance ed. It, it really has been my favorite year of teaching. But there are always things that you can nitpick. And it's nice to hear other, uh, you know, of my students in my class uh, talk about their students and their schools and how everything's going. Um, and that they kind of deal with the same problems. And it's like, you know, we're always looking for greener pastures, but just because you leave and go somewhere else, it doesn't mean that uh, you're going to be better off. And so I'm really fortunate. And that's kind of been eye opening just hearing other teachers talk about, you know, their principles and what they're allowed to do and different things like that. I feel like I have it really good. So um, happy about that, man. Do you know who your new principal is going to be? Yes. He's a dude that's been uh, vice principal at um, a school in Crowley. And um, I've met him a couple of times. And actually, he was, so my girlfriend, her, he, this new principal was her parents' dean at Thunderbird Academy. Um, and so they've told me about him. He's, he seems like he's a really good guy. He, He's wanting to, you know, be innovative and get more student involvement and things and have more activities and stuff. And uh, So I'm actually pretty, pretty hopeful and pretty excited about it. Well, good. Yeah, man. So that's kind of been my week other than hanging out with Courtney. Uh, we've been, you know, watching all the TV and uh, <laughs> well, eating, what are you he- eating healthy. Uh, lately, we've been watching Su- Succession on HBO. Okay great show about uh family um family owned uh news network they basically own like several news outlets and uh so they get backlash from the general public about that but this the dad he's getting old and he's ready to retire and um everybody's wondering who he's going to pick to be his successor and uh so the show's kind of about that all the siblings are kind of backstabbing each other and different things uh so it's a nice little uh, drama. It's mostly drama, but there there are definitely some comedic bits. So I would recommend that to anybody that yeah, have to check that out. That, that thinks that sounds interesting, go for it. I'm trying to log into my Netflix account to remember what I've been watching. True. I'm on my new. I got a <laughs> I got a new iPhone 11 delivered to me today. I had to work from home to take take receipt of this package mm, and hashtag humble brag was uh well no like <laughs> i'll pay it off here like i thought that i bought the new new and then brad comes over with an 11 pro and i was like <laughs> i compared cameras and i was like oh i bought the wrong phone oh it's very still, frustrating it's still a great phone but i've been taking like backward selfie portraits all day <laughs> i'm like this is crazy yeah, y'all i don't want to go through your camera roll <laughs> 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 like what's this look like <laughs> all right I mean, what have you been watching <laughs> besides myself oh. <laughs> oh that's funny uh let's see 
Uh, I watched, shoot, I, wa I share this with my parents and Grizz. I, I've put them both on this account, so I never know what I've been watching. Mm. Maybe it hasn't been Netflix. Um, I haven't caught up on 30 for 30 series. I want to watch the Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa one that just came out. Okay. Um, I've been watching, I watched some stand-up. Uh, I watch I watch and listen to some podcasts. I watch some news. I got to watch the first PGA Tour event back yeah. on the calendar that happened this last weekend in Fort Worth at the Colonial, which I'm really proud of DFW for holding it down with one of the long, I think it might be the longest consecutive running PGA Tour event at a given location where like it hasn't changed locations. Mm -hmm. Like it's always been Colonial Country Club. It's always attracted a pretty competitive field. But this last weekend, because it was the first tournament coming out of quarantine, it was star stud. I think world world's number one through five were all present. And then, you know, just pretty much everybody who is who uh, who's who right. Tiger was not present, but I, he I heard he might be playing the RBC heritage this weekend. But mm -hmm. anyway, I didn't feel as a television viewer that I thought that it was going to be more of a letdown for them to not have fans there. I very much enjoyed watching it. I would have enjoyed the the spectacle of the crowd, like, but the drama was different. Yeah. Like, because this particular tournament, there was like a couple guys at minus 15 and minus 14 going into the, like the back nine and the back, probably holes 14 through 18. They mm -hmm. were all wrapping up and trying to make that last birdie to be in contention. They were all waiting around in the clubhouse because, you know, <laughs> they didn't know if it was going to a sudden death playoff or yeah. what the case may be. So it ended up doing that. And it was just crazy to watch the lead bobbled and got passed around within the last two holes um, with two, two putts on 17 that lipped in and out. And they had the most perfect camera angles in slow motion for these. And like, literally I just gasped as though like, and when you, you figure there would have been 50,000 people surrounding that green whenever mm -hmm. that happened. Right. And they all would have had that collective gasp. So that does add to the narrative and the drama and the excitement. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I thought it was high stakes drama. Daniel Berger ended up winning. And, you know, all the commentators were just saying, you know, this is crazy because you'll always be the first guy that won after that big thing in 2020. Right. You'll always be the first guy that won back on tour. Um, so shout out to him because he's actually battled back from adversity. Like he was a president's cup, a president's cup selection. Mm -hmm. um, back in the day, he's about 27 years old and he had a wrist injury that a lot of people apparently said could have been career ending essentially. And oh, he wow. battled back from that. And this is, I believe his first PGA tour win since that happened. Mm -hmm. So he's placed, you know, top five, top 10 in several prominent tournaments, but, and been a contender, but um, he really got it over the finish line uh, this last this last weekend. Nice. So, yeah, well, that's exciting. So that was super exciting. Um, also, I'm trying to think about what else. I, a little bit of 90 Day Fiance when I'm feeling real guilty. <laughs> I just, yo, it's, I love that show. Yeah, I can't. That show is crazy. Yeah, just insane all the time. Yes, I mean I've only seen the episodes with that very large man with no neck. Um, <laughs> big Ed, sure. <laughs> yeah, he's he's five. He's four eleven. Yeah, I think he gets mistaken for Danny DeVito sometimes. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, yeah. I can see that, but yeah, that guy's a trip. I've just seen clips of him circulating on on the interweb. Yeah, I've been. 
you know, heavily anticipating, as I know you have as well, the return of you. Oh. But it seems like one of the characters of you might have gotten prepared for the role. Yeah. By allegedly being the role. And I'm having a hard time believing this at the moment. Really? But the, because it's just surface details at the moment. Mm -hmm. But you saw Crystalia got yes. me too hard today. I did. Like all of a sudden, just. But I I will say the several people that have brought him up and that, you know, said that he did this to them in the past, they even showed receipts. And, and wait, wait, you have way more details than I have. I don't know anything. I just oh, know dude, that he's allegedly some been people, accused. Some people are even tagging like their tweets from 2014, 2015, whenever they told the story about it and like how he did that to them. Okay, tell me everything because... All I saw today that broke, I, I logged onto Twitter on the new phone for one second at one point this afternoon, and I saw Crystalia trending. Yeah. And whenever I see like somebody I like, especially a man, trending, and You're it's like, just just oh his boy. name, I'm like, oh snap! <laughs> Here it goes. Um, and I love all the celebrities that just trend because somebody mentions them, and then they yeah. just trend to trend, and everybody shares the Denzel Washington meme yeah, of him like, like breathing him aside, clutching his chest, <laughs> like, oh, I thought something happened. Oh. But yeah. yeah, so Crystalia got me too today, and they said that um, for allegedly making advances towards underage girls, yeah, or something like. Which I love Crystalia. He's the goofiest stand-up comedian, and really, I don't like his stand-up as much as I like his podcast appearances mm -hmm. because he is a trip. He is a trip and a half. He's notorious for being. He's never tried a drug. He's never had a sip of alcohol. He's never had a drag of a cigarette in his entire life. Yeah, and. He's a very unique individual who's really tight with Brian Callen, who I know, I know. we all love. Yeah. He's tight with everybody. Yeah, because I listen to that podcast. Brendan Shaw. I listen like, to every episode now. Wait, T Fat K? Yeah. No way. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh yeah. Did you watch the Joe Coy episode? Yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Did you watch it? Uh, you have to go back and watch it on YouTube if you didn't, okay. because Joe Coy is probably another one of the funniest low-key mm -hmm. podcast guests there ever could be, especially on T Fat K. So it's better to like watch it. The last I told Michael this too. The last T Fat K episode featuring Joe Coy, you have to watch because okay. Joe Coy, you have to go watch it. Okay, I will. I'm gonna watch it with you. A part of it <laughs> after this. Okay. Um, remind me to do that. Yeah. Uh, so going back to Dalia, he has Congratulations podcast. He's got several Netflix specials, mm -hmm. and he was the pedophile on season two of You, which is not a good look at this moment. Right. So tell me what. And you he's know. also played a pedophile in another show before. i was seeing that yeah. i didn't know what that was about though yeah well so it, apparently tell me about know, these tweets been... and what are the allegations and what's happening uh the allegations were him trying to hook up with them like uh i'm trying to find it now i i read it as <laughs> that was what was trending this morning whenever i woke up so a lot of other stuff has come late. in um since then so i don't i didn't see this until like probably an hour before you showed up yeah but i saw where this girl linked to her tweets from like either 2014 or 2015. And it was this little thread of her talking about how um, he was hitting on her and trying to get her to hang out and come over to his place. And um, also asking for naked pictures and um, all this whole time she's like 16, I, I think 16. Um, and then she, and then there was another one who went off of that and was showing like some DMs that he sent on Instagram, kind of doing the creepy same thing. Now you can argue that 
Uh, maybe these things were photoshopped and everything, but the original girl, you, you can't photoshop that because you can literally go back to her tweet in 2015 and like read her thread of her details of the story. So then if you want to go off of whether you believe that or not, that's on you. That's up to you. Um, I guess age isn't listed on Twitter or Instagram. I mean, you can post, you can have your birthday up there, but. Oh, this is a much bigger conversation. Than, so is it just online messaging with underage girls well, that he's he's being and then I believe there were so this is like right before I'm getting ready for class. So I didn't even get to read everything that was being posted at the time. But I believe some people were coming out saying that, like, he did hook up with them. So I don't know. Um, yeah. Actor and stand up comedian Chris D'Elia, 40 is facing multiple accusations of sexual misconduct after several women came forward with personal accounts alleging Dalia groomed them when they were underage. Vulture shared this eight hours ago. Man, I was really behind. Um, <sighs> multiple women have now come forward with similar stories. Um, it says that he has spoken to TMZ denying the accusations. He says, I know I have said and done things that might have offended people during my career, but I have never knowingly pursued any underage woman. So that's that's the phrase right there, never knowingly did it. Um, yeah, that, that's concerning because, like, <laughs> I mean, this is something that we all need to take to heart. Like, what if you see, you know, I don't, I don't find new people and talk to them on Twitter or Instagram, really. Mm -hmm. Twitter sometimes for professional reasons more than anything or networking, but never like romantic. Um, and honestly, this might sound like a creepy question, but I don't even know how you would find underage girls on Instagram. Like, I guess you would have to I mean, know that's, underage that's people yeah. and then go look at their friends or something because mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't even know where to start. But yeah. there's no age listed. So let's say that you come across your buddy's friend and your buddy's 20. And this girl's hot and she's in a bikini out on a beach and all of her photos make her look self-sufficient or to a certain extent, like maybe she's doing adult things <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> and you send a message and the only, the only way that this works is if they end up saying like, how old are you? And they say, Oh, I'm 18. And then they have plausible deniability, so to speak. But like, right. I, I mean, I think at this point in this day and age, like you just got to ask up front. Like, I don't know. Doesn't that seem incriminating off the bat, though, if like your first question to somebody is how old are you? Well, I don't know. Then ask like, hey, what do you do? Like, what school do you go to? Like, well, are you, shoot. I you, think that if they look like they're on the fringe, then you need to reevaluate speaking yeah. to them. Um, and then but let's say that all creepiness aside, let's say that you're 25 and you're looking at what you think is a 21-year-old, there's nothing wrong with that. And what if she happens to be 17? Like, are you, is it socially coof to ask right off the bat, like, how old are you? Or is that something that, you know, they would yeah. catch a predator? I don't know, man. Uh, I've never thought about it because I've never been in that position. But uh, this, so he actually, like, emailed, and he said, uh, like, send me a pic, and then that. Simone Rossi. Yeah. Does she look like she's 16 in that pic? 
Um, I don't mean to come across as insensitive, Tots. I'm I'm asking here. Yeah, this is in 2014. I mean, she looks young. Yeah, I've never. I don't know anybody that knows me knows that. I've never had a younger girlfriend in my entire <laughs> life. Like, yeah, I, you you like them older. <laughs> I've historically uh, gone older. Yeah. Um, Some, I mean, yeah, they got to be older so they can put you in your place. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, or not. <laughs> the older I get, the more that they shouldn't be older. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the point being that I feel like I have a little bit of social capital to extend this conversational narrative without, yeah. like, this is nothing that I've ever struggled with or been accused of. So, yeah. but my question being, you know, on these platforms where you can be 13 up essentially mm-hmm. um, and you, you can curate your entire image, vibe, community, all of this stuff. Like what are people doing out there? Are there are there guidebooks for this kind of stuff? Like, yeah, it seems like we need coaching as a society because I wonder if what if there are literally two girls that were 16, 17, looked older, their ages weren't you know, published on the site or they lied or presented themselves as just it never came up and then well i, th- I he so- solicits them for a pick or something of something else like what was he asking for a pick from for come on no 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 what was the email right before that no that was that was the first message he said send me a pick but what did he say before that no that was the first no but he had a line before that right um As far as I know, why is this no. via email? Show me the pic again. Because... It's, it's not. She actually went to her DMs. It was a screenshot. It was not an email. So the subject was that. But it's a reply. So what did she say? the The message title was "Use it." Yeah. So I'm saying that there's a. I'm sorry. I just unless I see the unabridged version. Okay. Here you go. I'm in temp. Let's hang. Um, then yes. Can we make out? Now. This girl is leading him on. Okay. 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 So she reaches out to him and says, I'm in Tempe. Let's hang. No, that's him. Smile. Oh, okay. That's him. Well, how does he have her email? Dude, I don't know. Do you want to meet up tonight? She asks him. Boy, he got me too in Tempe, Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I'm confused. I don't know. Hopefully, I guess my main hope is that nobody is truly hurt by anything that occurred and that nothing really ever occurred. Maybe there was just an exchange of messages and maybe this is all fake or maybe even if it's real, he was unaware and this will not define him. I don't know, like Mm -hmm. because it doesn't sound like from any of the existing reports that he ever received a photo from anybody or that he ever laid hands on anybody or met up with anybody that we're aware of. Sure. And he's he doesn't seem like. He doesn't seem like that type of person to me, but he seems like the type that would go after a girl, but I don't think he would knowingly go after an underage girl by any means. Right. That's, man, if you ever get any amount of fame or, you know, if you're a magnet for, like, if you have girls reaching out, yeah, you know, I guess you need to ask those questions. Dude, uh, this might seem a little off topic, but uh, we've talked about Twitch before and uh, the streamers. Um, the most popular Twitch streamer, well, I don't think he's with Twitch anymore. I think he's gone to a different company, but Ninja, I don't know if you've heard of Ninja, but he's like the most popular 
gamer. He got really famous for playing the game Fortnite and different things like that. Yeah, I've heard of um, him. He will not even stream. He will not play with girls. Like, he will only stream with dudes because he's married. He's like, I'm not going to get any allegations. Like, you're not going to catch me on anything. Um, and if I ever were to get famous, I I might do the same thing. Like, no, nah, there's never going to be it. You will never have to question my motivations, what I'm trying to be up to, anything like that. Like, you're not going to catch me slipping at all. There will be no false allegations. I'll be able to, you know, say, no, I was with this person at this time. And uh, the Billy Graham role, like never be alone with a woman. Yeah. That's the Mike Pence role now. And people <laughs> ridicule him for that, that he wouldn't. You know, there was a reporter that wanted to do a ride along with a, a congressional candidate or something in one of the last election cycles, and he wouldn't go on the road with her alone in a car. And she made a big deal about it that he won't let me fulfill my job because I'm a woman. Yeah. And that's what they turned it into. And he uh, was like, no, I don't want to be alone with you. Yeah. He's like, I'm more than happy. Bring a producer. We'll do the ride along. Yeah. But he's like, I, I won't do it alone with you. I mean, I used to laugh at that kind of thing, but I, I get it now. Yeah, that to play that as like a gender equality type situation. Yeah. I get it. Like yeah, yeah. I understand like if you I could see her genuine viewpoint in that way in many respects, mm -hmm. but at the same time like, you know, I came from a, a conservative family that, you know, maybe they didn't practice or share these viewpoints like both of my parents have friends of the opposite gender and share friends of the opposite gender and you know, can right. mix it up if you know if they need to. Um so I don't know that they would advocate for something that extreme, but at the same time, this is not a foreign concept to me. It's just now that now that we're in the era of Me Too and you know more awareness around some of the issues that truly have plagued women mm -hmm. for all of all of humankind, basically. Sure. Um, you know, I don't know. Yeah, we act so, like all this stuff is so outdated, and it's really not. No. Nah. Like they passed that. They passed the interracial marriage law. 53 50, years yeah. ago. Right. That's crazy. Yeah. Within our parents' lifetimes. Yep. You know, and, and you wonder why there's still a, a tinge of racism in certain pockets of the, the nation. Yeah. You know? It, like, just became illegal to lynch people in certain states where it was still legal. My sister was telling me something. Um, I don't even... We should probably save this topic. Um because what were we, we were just, do we want to put a bow on Chris just that we'll come back to yeah, it? Like, I, well, I, I mean, hope for the best. Uh, again, their allegations, their allegations were reporting on that. I can't tell you whether he's guilty or not. Um, I, I certainly hope it's not true, but I'm also not going to, I'm not going to defend him and I'm not also not going to be like, nah, he totally did it. Cause I don't know. Going back to the, um, kind of the, the lynching thing and racism, my sister was telling me, first of all, she was hitting me up with some feedback about an episode or two ago, mm -hmm. just saying, um, with all of these police brutality, I think I'd brought up like, why don't we just tranquilize people like yeah, with a, a, knock them out. a dart? And she was like, I'm kind of for that too. Like, why not? Like, this seems like a quick way to, you know, make it not confrontational and violent. And mm -hmm. anyway, I guess there's a, that's a whole conversation in and of itself. But she did tell me, something that I had not seen reported and I don't know where she's getting these facts, but she said something about suicides by black men recently by public hanging. Uh, yeah. Have you heard about this? Yeah. What is this? What, what, what are we talking about here? Oh, I mean, I, I don't know the reason behind it. I have seen those reports though. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
So black men are hanging themselves publicly, like where in trees? Uh, yeah, there have been some, but I will. There was also a recent one where it was not a suicide. Um, she said that some of them should have been investigated and weren't, and that they they had things that were abnormal for a suicide. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what are we talking about here? Yeah. Um, I. Th- Okay, so you're saying that maybe it was viewed, it was ruled as a suicide, but it could have ended up not being. That's what she was alluding to, and I was okay. just like, "Well, Listen. I know, I know for sure there was one that was alluding that, and then they actually uh, found the guys that that killed the man, that hung, that hanged the man." Um, as far as the other reports, how, how have I missed? How has this not been the front page of everything? There's a lot going on, man. <laughs> as far like it seems like that would be. News story 1A. You would think. If there was a hate crime where someone lynched someone in this country present day, how is that not... That's why I'm like, I need to go research this for myself because I immediately just was like, okay, I've not heard anything about this. So... Yeah, Yeah, this this happened like the day after it was ruled that that was illegal. Uh, And and it was... They ruled it illegal for... um, like if somebody commits a crime, they cannot be hanged. Um, and so obviously if it's just somebody that went out and tied a rope around someone and, and killed them, then yes, that, oh, that, wow. that was illegal to begin with. But This is actually, there's, yeah, like five different cases. Like from two days ago, another black man was found hung from a tree in Houston, Texas. That's five separate lynchings. With just within these past weeks, it can't be a coincidence. There's no reason to rule out that these were racial terror lynchings. Black Lives Matter. What in the world? Yeah, man. Is that the most... Wow. This is... Uh... Oh, my goodness. There's sick people out there. That's got to be abnormal to hang yourself in public unless you like, I, I've been in a public place where somebody committed suicide before mm-hmm. and you, I think some people do do it for attention. And I guess my only hope would be that all of these cases were just suicides, but you hate the pain that those people were going through. But right. if you're going to do it more power to you in, in some ways. Um, but I don't want to think that people are lynching people. Yeah. Like, and that's a terrible thought a viable one race relations are so well is it race relations or just everyone is pitting everyone against the cops and vice versa like i there, i mean there are so many different facets like it's not just one or the other yeah i mean there, very very yeah, true there i mean there are people with all different types of mindsets and reasonings for why they're doing you know you could have two people that are protesting and they have different reasons for it can have two people that are uh, rioting and have different reasons for it. So it's it's just hard to pinpoint some, you know, w- you can't pinpoint one motive behind a whole group of people. No, no, no. So, I'd, yeah, it's there's just a lot of craziness in this world. And it's, it's, it's going know. down in Atlanta now. Yeah. The latest uh, case, which, you know, I don't know what your viewpoint is on, on some of this, but. You know, I, I don't 
so for anybody that doesn't know, I guess that there was a, a black man that was shot by police and he did die. Yes. Yeah. He, okay. So he's, he's passed on Rayshard. Um, what's his last name? Find that. But anyway, uh, as I understand it, and I watched the video with the body cam and stuff like Rayshard Brooks, Rayshard Brooks. Thank you. Um, so I question the validity the, the the complete validity of lopping him in with like I was making this point to Brad pre-show like we the last three like pretty visible public narrative killings of black men I feel like are sliding gradations of you know involvement leading up to the event mm-hmm. you know none of these black men should be dead um, but going back to Ahmad Arbery you know, it feels like the most clear cut case of like the most racial, yes. racially intent, intentful situation where they, they stood over him. They're rumored to have said the N word. They shot him in cold blood based on an assumption. It sounds like, and it was murder. Yeah. Then the next person is George Floyd and George Floyd was also murdered and Chauvin should not have done that. Uh, I don't know what was going on with that, but you know, at the same time, like George Floyd wasn't out on a, a jog either. Like it's like sliding gradations here. Mm-hmm. Like he was high on everything under the sun using a $20 counterfeit bill, um, you know, as he was running around town with somebody yeah. essentially uh, shouldn't have been murdered. But, you know, it, you'll get my point in a second. This third guy is passed out drunk or high under the influence of something in the Wendy's drive through like the they call the cops because he's been immobilized he's just asleep at the wheel and so the cops come and have a decent interaction with him for 10 20 minutes and end up like performing a field sobriety test on him and i guess that he failed that test and they go to take him into custody and this is on dash cam this is on body cam everything they go to take him into custody and as they're reaching for his arms to basically be around his back um he he starts to arrest and like flail his arms and the next thing you know, they're like literally in fisticuffs. Like it's an all on fist fight. He connected with one of them. Like he got a pretty good punch in on one of the officers and they're on the ground. They're wrestling around. He ends up getting one of their stun guns or tasers and, and fleeing. And then as he's fleeing, he turns around and points the gun, the stun gun or whatever mm-hmm. it was at the officer. And I guess the officer in the rear shot him three times as he was as he was fleeing and i think two of those were in the back and i don't know where the mm-hmm. third one was um but i know two were in the back and the, i think those officers were charged with like 11 counts of felony murder today at least the one the one officer and well i guess yeah one of them didn't fire at all um but i'm in no way saying that I, i'm actually going to reserve judgment on what i think in terms of the charges and this is too fresh. I haven't done enough research. I don't want to get involved with that. But, you know, I I don't want the validity of the police brutality movement, mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter, and some of these different organizations. To be shadowed by to, somebody who is being aggressive. I'm to, not saying that. I, I don't think that. It comes down to the question of if you think that you have a perp that is fleeing, like, all, do all cops have the right to pursue what they think could be a violent criminal 
and shoot them in the back. Like, you know, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like you have to shoot if you're in imminent fear of your life. And if that guy only had the stun gun, I don't know. Here's the whole point. You know, it wasn't like he was reading a library book out, you know, in a park midday and getting his master's degree and, you know, was just tackled and killed for his skin color. He was they call a business called on, you know, him. He was incapacitated in their place of business. He resisted arrest. He beat the crap out of these guys like they were struggling around. He was landing punches. He was stealing equipment. It's like I don't advocate for them to shoot in that situation. But at the same time, to at a certain point, it's like, what do you expect? I feel like they would have shot me, you know, honestly. Right. For the same, if I'd done the same actions, I feel like they would have shot a Mexican man, an Indian man, and a lot of white men. Yeah. So, you know, I don't want it to be co-opted into that movement with the same level of fervor because, you know, Joe Rogan was making this point on a, a podcast, I think, with Jocko recently where, you know, he read a news headline that was like, Hispanic man um, killed by police. And then when you click into the article in like the very last paragraph, you finally learn that, oh, the Hispanic man had a gun, was openly brandishing it, threatening people in front of a gas station, trying to shoot people and was exchanging gunfire with the cops. And Rogan was like, why doesn't the headline say man killed in, you know, (laughs) gun battle with police? Right. What does his heritage have to do with it at that point? Like not everybody is good. And there's a crap ton of black people, white people, Hispanic people, Asian people, whoever, any race, color, or creed, Christians, Muslims, Buddhists that are out there that would do something bad. Yeah. And that's what cops are for. So, you know, if, if you want to strip a, a department down and start over from the, the ground floor, be my guest. Like, do what you need to do. We need more training. Well, I want to circle back to that piece in just a second, but mm-hmm. the point being that we're not going to defund the police because who's going to come when you're being beaten or assaulted or your home is being broken into, whether you're white, black, Asian, whatever, it doesn't matter. They come for citizens, taxpayers, people that need their help. Um, you know, we all have been taught be compliant with an officer unless they're like trying to molest you essentially. You know, like the the one big area where we all know that uh, an abuse of power could happen is for women in those trying situations. Like I get those stories and I get the racially profiled stories as well. But, you know, they're just as likely to shoot me if I'm running around stealing guns, beating on them. Like this is the part that I don't understand. Yeah. You know, and I don't know that if I'm a family member of George Floyd, I'm like, uh, you know. Let's let's continue having George be the focal point, a- mm-hmm. along with maybe some of the other ones in the past. We don't need to so easily co-op this these other varying levels of responsibility. Yeah, ultimately. Yeah, I mean, it goes back, you know, just kind of like we said to maybe end our podcast last episode is that, regardless of all the good that's happening with the protests, regardless that there are good cops out there and they need to be you know, uh, talked about as well. There's still, no matter what, there's going to be good and bad people on both sides. So you can't use every single black man that's going to be shot and you can't use every single, uh, police officer. Like not everything is about race. Um, and, and so, you know, more on, you know, more on this specific story than I do. So 
I can't really speak. What the Atlanta story? Yeah, that's all I know. And uh, you know, the media paints it as he was going out to get food for like his young children, and he'll never come home to them. And there's just different things where I, I get the the appeal story, and I, I don't mm-hmm. want him to be dead. I don't want him to be hurt. I wish the situation hadn't happened. I wish that those officers weren't being charged, and their careers are over, their lives are over, and. I wish the whole thing hadn't happened and I'm probably, you know, full disclosure approaching this with my white man lens on as I normally do as a white man, because that's all I can do. I try to put other lenses on, but the only one that I can fully wear is my white one. And that's something that has to be said at a certain point that, you know, it's like what we said, we prefaced the show a week or two ago, like we try to identify as much as possible, but it's like men who claim to be feminists you you can't fundamentally be a feminist as a man you know you can try to identify but you can't fully put yourself into the shoes of a woman for their rights advocate you just just cannot walk you literally cannot walk in their shoes because you'll never be in those specific situations yeah so that's why i don't I, i i think moving forward I, I just feel like there needs to be more and more in, in place, especially be you know considering this climate, for officers to be trained and maybe like you said maybe come in with the tranquilizers or different things like that and coming up with situations to where their taser is not taken in the first place, um, and and they don't find themselves in the situation where they feel they have to pull the trigger, uh, and I'm not can I'm not condoning, um this this guy's actions i'm not saying you know oh he he's he's right and he shouldn't be dead because he just because he was aggressive or anything like that i'm just saying moving forward i would like to see there being like more progression and and how these situations are handled one one viewpoint is that if they had already frisked frisked him and assured themselves that he did not have a weapon a real weapon on his person and he just had the stun gun or whatever was non-lethal that he had taken off their belt or from their hand, I guess. Um, then it goes back to my argument that certain cops shouldn't have guns. A lot of the cops that we come into contact with, like for most DUIs, you won't need a gun. Yeah. You know, um, in this situation, if they'd already assured themselves that he didn't have a piece on him, he just had non-lethal force. Then if he's fleeing and you're not, in immediate danger, which when the shots were fired, he was fleeing away, yeah. essentially. Um, what that spells to me is lazy cop. You're not even going to run after him. Like, this is an unfair advantage. You're just going to shoot him down. Yeah. And it, even if you were going to do that, you know, some people advocate, like, why don't you just shoot somebody in the leg or something, something non-lethal right. just to in- incapacitate them. But then it goes back to the tranquilizer thing. It's like, just use a tranquilizer dart. Yeah. If it works on a cheetah, it can work on us. Right. And the training piece, 100%. So Jocko Wilnick, Navy SEAL, uh, you know, renowned consultant, you know, self-help person, like just awesome dude. He was on Rogan yesterday or the day before, mm-hmm. and he was talking about the immense amount of training that special ops people and army people and armed forces people get where, you know, you might spend 20% of your time just doing drills and exercises or yeah. even more, uh, up to 50% of your time in situational combat, like strategies Mm-hmm. versus just time on the in the field and he said with cops you know we we take them you know with very little screening put them through a three-month academy give them a gun and right. put them on the street and he said they're literally getting between two and four hours a year of like con ed with actual 
you know, strategies on, you know, physical mm-hmm. force and de-escalation yeah, and all de- of these different de-fusing things. Defusing the situations, right. So then you just rely on the, the caste system of information. And like yeah. in that situation, does it make sense that three rookie cops four days on the job would defer to Chauvin, who'd been on the job long enough to kill multiple people and get 12 complaints against him in this broken system? Yes. Yeah. And yeah. And that goes back to the whole what the like, I totally agree with you as far as like your stance on the defund the police. But the idea for the ones that are advocating for that is that like this system is not working. We're just trying to get everybody out of there who currently is and then set up a new system basically because the system has failed them. Yeah. Yeah. It's difficult because, you know, (sighs) statistics wouldn't support that per se. Like crime has probably been, you know, we've historically, we used to be barbarians, you know, we used to be warring tribes even even the Christians and all the most, you know, religious sorts were, you know, crusading and, you know, we were we were still raping and pillaging up until a couple hundred years ago and really not even that long. Um, if you were of if you were of a minority group or, or certain things like that, women, women mm-hmm. were maligned and mistreated and um, basically property Yeah. for up until let's be honest, probably about 100 years ago. They literally got the right to vote in like 1920, right? Uh, uh, maybe. Let me look. It's like surprisingly recent. Yeah. Keep talking. I'm just, you know, we need more training. We need more screening. Yeah, I, I, nice, man. 1920. 1920. Happy 100 year uh, anniversary of voting, ladies. Yeah. Um, That's sad. Mm-hmm. That's sweet. But... The whole point is when you think about it through those lens, like there has been progression, women couldn't vote a hundred years ago. A black man and a white woman couldn't get married 59 years ago, 58 years ago. They could not get married legally in this country. We've come a long way. It's dying out. We're making change. Statistically, 800,000 police officers over 18,000 individual precincts and you know, it's, it's going, it's going better than it ever has. It's not to say that it's perfect. It needs to be perfect. It's never going to be perfect. Mm -hmm. We we have to enter this situation, understanding that, I don't know. It's just difficult. Like so many times we need to remind ourselves that we want it all to be fair and we want it all. We all want an equal starting point. We want income equality. We want, all of these social justices, and I want them right alongside you. But we have to understand that we're never all going to start from the same point, intellectually, financially, um, you know, lineage-wise, like how much familial support, you know, how do you control whether you're born into a rich family with both parents present or to a single crack mom in the hood? Mm-hmm. You don't, you know? Right, and so I th- I think my argument would be is trying to at least set up the system to where everyone has the opportunity to, to succeed. So, for instance, you know, uh, in the public school system, you know, if you go outside of your district, like that's illegal. Like there was a woman arrested because she wanted to send her child to a better school. Um, and so she used like somebody down the street, like their neighbor or something that could go to that school 
Um, and she was arrested for trying to give her child a better opportunity. Um, and so I totally agree that like, yeah, there are going to be people born that are smarter. And, you know, if your family has saved their money and they're wealthy and all that, then yes, that family is going to be better off. But as far as the system, like as far as the education you're receiving, as far as the, uh, medical attendance, um, and different things like that, like basic human needs and rights, I feel like those things can be set up to be better. Yeah, for sure. I agree. I mean, I, I, I want a system that works for everyone. I would just challenge you to point out the explicit way that the system is currently set up that is totally racist in its intent. Sure. Like that, that's kind of my question. That's my challenge because well, I mean, again, are, you can't do, point do, that because not everybody at every single school is racist, but that is still going on. And like, I don't, it's not just like a one band aid over this one big wound and everything is good. Like there's a lot of issues and, and that's just part of life and not everything is going to be fixed now or right away. Um, maybe not in our lifetime, but that doesn't mean that we don't try. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Hey, man, you want to take a quick break? I want to check on something with the audio real quick. You want to come right back? Yep. Okay. And we're back. Sorry about that, folks. It looked like we were offline, and yeah. I didn't want all this precious audio to not be harvested. Exactly. So, um, yeah. I, I agree with your intent, and I don't mean to come across heavy-handed in no, this I episode on, on the side of either side. You know, I'm, I'm on the side of innocent people not being murdered. Um, I, I also... I want to just reiterate, and I don't want to necessarily even apply this to the case in Atlanta, but at some point we need a reminder that we all need to be, and this is a point that Jocko made that I so agreed with. He was like, we need a public safety course on how to get arrested. We need a public service announcement that's taught in school. Mm -hmm. It's taught on TV, in infomercials. There's pamphlets on it. There's gut.gov backslash how to get arrested. And it is, you know, if, if you are asked to comply with a police officer, whether you are white, black, Asian, anything, mm -hmm. this is how it goes. Like here, because we need to get people into the, the, the habit of having their quarrels and debates in the courtroom where things are peaceful and you're in a suit, not yeah. in the parking lot where somebody's wonked out, somebody's, you know, aggressive and thinks they're in danger and people are getting shot and killed and all this stuff. So yeah. You know, if you're innocent, comply, go to jail, fight your battle in court. And I know that's easier said than done for certain people. Yeah. I get that. However, you know, he said, we need to have this front and center for everyone that here's the process. Here's what's happening right now. It's going to be okay. It's not necessarily the end of the world. Um, however, the people that run the hardest are typically the ones that are the ones most wanted. So, you know, I guess my whole point is just, if you're getting arrested, like get arrested. Like <laughs> I'm not over here thumbing my nose at cops, resisting arrest and getting away with it as a white man. I just want to assure everyone that you can have the nicest part and comb over and car ever. If you're not compliant with an officer, he's going to haul off, hit you, put you in cuffs and book you, you know? Sure. So anywho, that's my two cents. What do I know? <laughs> yeah. I'd, yeah. All right. Well said. And so many people are fighting this fight in the most 
inconsequential ways in some ways. Like I saw this white tech CEO, white Mormon tech CEO, literally out of BYU this week, tweet out that. So get this. In, in the coding world, and if you're a coder, if you're a developer and you're listening to this, I'm going to get close, but I'm not going to say all these words right, and you're going <laughs> to laugh, so just, uh, I'll preface it. Um, you know, do you, nerd. I'm going to do... Please, uh, do, well, well, actually him, all right? Yeah, um, TLDR. <laughs> so I'm going to get close in some of this dev speak, but, you know, within, you know, open source coding and, you know, when you're merging a branch of code, there's different things like a dev server, a production server, um, a QA server, you know, you have different environments. Like sometimes I go to mm -hmm. dev.preciate.org to do different things in test mode before I go to appreciate.org. Like these are just normal things. And one of the, one of the code bases that you merge to is the master, mm -hmm. you know, you have the master code base and they are now doing away with the master code base because it has the word master in it. And oh. they're replacing it with like main or something like that. Okay. And so he tweeted out this, this do good to his Twitter following full of millionaires and billionaires, investors mm -hmm. and, and people of color and all sorts of different people that he has helped in many ways. Like, I think he's got a BA company. Like he's, he's going for the moon. Yeah. Uh, he's an awesome entrepreneur. And I just read this and I was like, is he referring to like the racist connotation with master? And literally, I, so I look in the comments and everybody was just like, you did it. You solved racism for the masses. You, Everybody call everybody. We're done. The, everybody can stop marching. Master code base is no longer a thing. Yeah. And I just was like, are you serious? Like, is that what's keeping people down now? Like, yeah, I don't know. Is no. Tiger Woods not going to come back and defend his green jacket at the Masters next year or this year? No. Like. He hasn't had any issue with it. Is they've paid him millions of dollars, and are you no longer a master at something? Yeah, yeah, master karate champion or jujitsu. Well, you're, you're like I'm in my, I'm taking my master's classes. You know, I mean, goodness, you racist bigot pig. <laughs> yeah, that'll be the only time I'm ever called any of those things. <laughs> I just like, are we going too far with some of this? Like we're taking out, you know, classic Dude, films, no, gone, books. Uh, that's in my show notes. Gone with the Wind is coming back. Really? But with a disclaimer. Oh, okay. Yeah. So just like Disney did, you know, they're going to give contextual, uh, like a contextual summary of what was going on back then. But yeah, Gone with the Wind will be put back on HBO. So question, does that mean that film studios stand by the moral nature of every Thing that they depict in a film because if somebody says a, the wrong word let's say that a white character from a super old film uses the n-word mm -hmm. um they're like we don't stand behind this this isn't moral but then they'll portray somebody cheating on their wife with 20 different women in a film and screwing over their business partner and doing drugs the entire time do they morally stand by that or like uh, and, and i don't want there to be the n-word like Quentin Tarantino puts the N-word in every film. You know, like right. Django Unchained had like 118 N-words, sometimes by white people. Leo said it. Yeah. And nobody's upset by that. So why is Gone with the Wind getting pulled? Like if it's a if it's a time-based depiction where it's clear to the viewer, you know, there is morally good and evil forces at play here. Like what was special about Gone with the Wind when you think that Leo dropped the N-word several years ago in a flick? Yeah. Well, I think 
I like if you've seen Jenko Unchained, I, I guess maybe the content and how uh, it's like the killing of white supremacists. Like, maybe, so because he uh, said well, it, but then he murders every white person in the film. Like, it's okay. I'm not saying it's okay. I'm just, I'm just, I'm asking because HBO is no, you know, fly by night brand. Sure. There's a certain level of viewer trust I think that they've garnered with us because they've always been willing to tackle the big things and break television rules with you know they were the first of their time with the sopranos and the mm-hmm. wire was you know nobody had ever one gone the, at something yeah. from different angles Arguably over one of the like the greatest most TV people show. say the greatest tv show yeah. of all time right um i've never watched it cover to cover oh it's amazing but i guess that's my question and i'm not meaning to be obtuse or racist or i mean maybe it matters that it was made during a time where uh racism was more prevalent uh so don't read any books from before 1990 dude i'm just i'm just coming up with explanation i don't know i don't have the answer i'm not even saying that i stand behind it yeah well yeah well take the other role here <laughs> like i don't well i dude i don't have an answer at all all i know is like no i know i'm directing my feedback towards mass public towards you My yeah I, i'm just do, is this res do i sound crazy or like is are these things crazy? No, like I'm not mad at a little contextual background. Like I don't know. Like these are sensitive times. So if that's what it calls for, and if that's what's going to make people happy, I don't care that there's a summary before this stupid movie that I'm not going to watch anyway. Like yeah. I don't care if if it if it appeases a group of people and makes them feel better about it and they're more comfortable. That does not bother me one bit. Do I agree with you that it's a little hypocritical whenever all the other stuff is going on in these films and there's not a summary about it saying that, hey, we don't agree with this either? Sure, I agree with you. But I think that's what bugs me is the hypocrisy and how quickly we forget, you know? Yeah. But I mean, right now in this time period, it, it calls for that. And it, it doesn't really affect my life one way or the other. So I don't care. Gotcha. What's going on in the world of music and celebrity? Uh, J. Cole uh, got some hate this morning. Why? He dropped it. Okay. Ooh, here we go. I saw he was trending with Kendrick. It's Kendrick's birthday. Is it? I think so. I saw him trending. but um, Okay. So there's this female rapper, No Name. Um, who? Oh, I didn't know that that was a rapper. Oh, yeah. No Name is a rap. She's this female rapper. She's awesome. She is actually my favorite female rapper. Um if you've listened to like Chance the Rapper, I believe she was featured on Acid Rap. I know she was featured on Surf, his project Surf. Um, then you've heard her. Anyway, she had gone, she's been like posting all Black Lives Matter uh, movement, uh, social justice, a lot of different posts. She's been, she even has like a book club where people can read up on this kind of thing and learn more. And she was tweeting out like how a lot of rappers who, you know, talk a lot in their music um, haven't been, you know, actually involved in any of this movement and they haven't been speaking up. And uh, she was basically like calling them out, but she never said any specific rapper. Well, J. Cole took that to heart and he released a song last night or this morning. I heard it this morning, but I think it dropped last night. Um there was basically like a letter to her saying, Hey, like you should take it easy. Like instead of condemning, you should teach us. And, uh, he's getting a lot of backlash for, 
Oh, he basically said like, I went to college. Um, and, but I, I'm just a rapper. Like, I don't know these things. And he's receiving a lot of backlash because people are like, well, no name didn't go to college and she still has found the time to read up on this. And she knows all about this and it's not her job to educate you. Um, so what are you doing? And especially because of the content and a lot of J Cole's songs where, you know, he, he's saying like how the black man is oppressed and, uh, there's even one where he's hating on all the rappers that have the word Lil in their name. And he's like telling all the little rappers to pick a book up and like get educated, but then he doesn't do it himself. And so he's received a lot of backlash for that. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the story. Hmm. I mean, <laughs> can't wait to hear your thoughts. Well, that's one narrative. I, you could also argue that J Cole is a more privileged rapper that has probably been more ingrained with white culture. And sure. um, he's, you know, uh, I don't know. I think some some darker rappers have had problems with like the Drakes of the world, and you know, I, I can't speak to all of the. But the, the fact that he spoke out whenever his name was not even mentioned, I think, is very telling. Well, I don't know. I'm just saying that maybe he's blended into the white community more than he wants to let on, and it's yeah. less to do with education and more to do with you know lack of enthusiasm because uh, this doesn't affect me as much. But mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, that's funny. I, I was hoping that by asking you about music and celebrity, we'd get off race and then um, it's still about race. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, it's like, is there any topic that doesn't affect race? <laughs> um, Let's see. What else is there? Ha Dude, a lot of music has either been about like, uh, you know, a lot of artists are coming out with like songs that have to deal with like protests and standing up. And then the other one's like about being apart because they're still <laughs> away from people in COVID, you know? Um, it's stupid. Yeah. Let's go to some timeless stuff like being in the club, people. <laughs> yeah. There's this little. Uh, what happened to Percocet? <laughs> <laughs> um, Leon Bridges came out with some new music. I'm super hyped about that. Love Leon Bridges, Texas native. Um, there's this group called Surfaces. They're, they have a really popular song called Sunday Best right now. <laughs> Surfaces. Um, <laughs> but they um, their music is really catchy. Good for the summer. Loving it. Um, Good for the summer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What else you want, man? <laughs> <laughs> Just whatever you'd like to talk about in general. <laughs> um, cowboys. A lot of them tested positive for COVID. Shout yeah. Out, well, shout out to Zeke. Well, so was he disputing that he had tested positive initially? Like he was saying something that gotten leaked or whatever. Uh, I didn't see that. Okay. I saw that Des was like, "Hey, I, I didn't test positive for COVID." And that's like, I'm like, that's because you're not on the team. Yeah. <laughs> you weren't around other players. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. Several Dallas Cowboys, including Zeke Elliott, test positive for COVID. Um, Remember when they were at the house party and everybody was mad at them? <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott uh, tweeted, HIPAA? Question mark, question mark. Like the HIPAA laws. Yeah, yeah. seriously. That That's probably a great point. Yeah. Man. No, you don't have any of your own business to mind when you're a public no. figure or athlete or, you know, everything is. Public. Yeah. Drake has a line that says waking up to public statements about my private life. I like that. Yeah. Why does he go so hard in the paint? <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I, he's supposed to drop an album this summer. I'm waiting. I'm like I one can, degree away of fandom from having that little dicky poster of Drake <laughs> in my bedroom. Like, <laughs> yes. Because he has 
just this incredible library. Like he's got so many oh, yeah. hits. You think like, oh, Drake is like top rapper. Like I like Drake stuff, but it's like, no, you love Drake. Like yeah. every single banger he's made. Like, come on. Man. And he's just and for ten years now. Exactly. Like those first one. Uh, so far the... gone came out like in two thousand nine. Marvin's room. Oh, that's uh, his first like uh, that was second second studio album. Um, Take care. Uh, okay. Take care came out in about two thousand twelve ish. It what, came out whenever one, I was like, going to Southern. They say um the man. Yeah, it's Marvin's room, right? No, they say. His first hit. That's not his first hit. Okay. Well, whatever. <laughs> yeah. The point is, is that that was like college time. Are you talking like Houston, Atlanta, Vegas, like that? Uh, yeah. I don't think it's. Fr- I think that was from like one of Birdman's albums. That song that you're thinking. Houston, Atlanta, Vegas. Yeah. I remember that one. I don't well, think Houston, Atlanta, Vegas was one of his songs. But um, okay, now I'm confused anyway. on his discography. It is what it is. But yeah, he's been around for a long time. Shout out Drake. Even though he doesn't really need any praise uh, from us. Well, he's listening. Yeah. He's up in Toronto. Yeah. Sh- champagne Poppy. Champagne Poppy. Man, he's got the life. Yeah. That house and that video is insane. Yeah. That'll be us after this episode blows up. Boy, you know it. <laughs> People be like, cancel these white men. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, um, Jinx. What else is going on? I feel so depleted after all these race conversations. I'm like, there's a billion other things going on. It's just like, these are the things that drive wedge issues between people and aren't healthy for us. Um, There's an election going on, which is funny to think about. It's crazy. No, let's pass. We'll save that for another episode. Um, I left the gym early today because I was getting hit on. No way. (laughs) Guy or girl? Well, girl. Come on, dude. Hey, man. I've I've been fooled before. (laughs) Fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me whoa, twice. Whoa. Can't get forget, fooled again. Forget my story. What do you mean you've been fooled? How many stories do you want? Like it was an issue for gaming. Loved Carson back so in the day. What's the part in which you were fooled though? Well, okay. So I have a great example. Uh, one time in London, in London, London. I was across in, the pond. I was in London, literally Ugh. minding the gap. And, and my own business. And everyone turned off the they hit pause. <laughs> nah, man. Uh, check out Spotify analytics. They listen to the whole thing. That's right. The average is like the length of the episode. All right. So you're at the London. So no, <laughs> you can meet me at the London. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I was in London at Hyde Park taking in a White Keys concert with my blokes, okay. and uh, we met some other blokes. They said, "Hey, you want to go to this after hours club that?" You know, you have to be a member to get in, but we can get you guys in. It's like, it's not really a business. Nobody knows about this. Mm-hmm. It's like an after hours speakeasy. And we're like, yeah, take us. So they take us. I'm with John, Shelly, Grizz, Sierra. Um, maybe that was it at this point. No, Shelly was there. Wasn't that? I think you said Shelly. John, Shelly, Grizz, Sierra. Um, maybe Nicole at this point. I don't know. Yeah. Hey, if, if you're listening and you were there and he didn't mention you, we're sorry. We're moving on. Yeah. Cheerio. <laughs> so we Put go that with, on your crumpet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we go with these fine gentlemen to this after hours, and we're all like in this tiny little bar, and there's a language barrier with some people from another country that mm-hmm. are trying to get to know us, and there's this one guy that's talking <laughs> to me, 
and like we're try- we're talking closer because the music is so loud and i'm thinking that he wants to like you know talk about sock i'm like well i don't know what's going on there was a language barrier going on and finally he just looks at me and he's trying to get a point across and i'm like not following and john loves this story <laughs> because it, it comes to a crescendo he looks at me in the middle of this crowded club he goes no nah. he goes you are a gay <laughs> and i was like what and he goes you are a gay and i was like i am a, i am not gay and he goes no no you are a gay and i was like oh no i'm not gay and that's when he starts to touch me and i literally ran out of this club wow i'd like to say this is an isolated incident but i was preyed upon i was a beautiful boy oh my goodness. and um so anyway, I'm out in front of this club crying, you know, <laughs> you know, just violated. Like, um, it was, it was probably the second worst experience I've ever had. It's those, the, it's those colorful, it's those colorful shirts you wear. The worst experience. I did almost get. I, I've only felt like a, a woman in peril. Like I've only been able to identify with that feeling to a certain degree once yeah. in Vegas. And that was a weird situation. <laughs> I feel like I've told you that story. Yeah. This was a just. It's a funny story after the fact, but. At the time, it was like, okay, why does this keep happening? <laughs> Do <people think laughs> Am, <I'm> I? <laughs> Am I gay? No, it's never really been a question for me, but it has been for others, <laughs> which isn't the like some manicured men can be called gay. But anyway, this guy thought he was I was gay and he was trying to get him some. And so I was devastated. I'm out in front of this club. I didn't go back in. So mm. Shelly came out to check on me and I was like, it happened again. I, I got to stay out here. But that was just the funniest part because years later, sometimes John would look at me and just be like, you are a gay. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. So that's, that's another thing that we'll put on a T-shirt on our website. So I'm I'm in total shock and awe and respect that. Shock young... and awe? No. Shock. Well, just because. Please, sir. What? what I just first don't of all, share. Was she wearing a mask? The fact that a woman would get no, close dude. enough to He's hit on the you. He's at the pool. Okay. So you're at the pool. This is getting hot. So you're at the no, pool. No, it's not hot. How old is she? Uh, she's 25 and I know that because she's Hispanic. Well, let me tell you the story. <laughs> yeah. All Hispanics are 25. Right. And okay. So, uh, it was leg day. Uh, I'm, I'm yeah, doing was. the legs and then I changed to go swim cause I've been swimming she for like, like the past five days. Piernas. No. What? <laughs> legs no. are piernas. Okay. Espanol. Yeah. No. Just, sh- okay. I'm not the greatest storyteller, so <laughs> don't interrupt me when I'm on a roll. I'm trying to help you. <laughs> That's fair. Okay. Help me. Um, so I actually go out to my car for a little while because there's only three lanes at this LA Fitness, and the middle one is closed because of social distancing. And so uh, I'm waiting for everybody to finish swimming so I can get in, and then I finally see somebody come out. And uh, so I go into the gym. She's on the far left, so I get on the far right, and uh, I jump in. I start swimming, and then um, catching my breath, and she's like, "Can you swim?" And I said, mm-hmm. "She just seen you do your ten second <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> plunge right. to get your breath done." No, no, I hadn't even done any of that today. Uh, <laughs> but she's, she's like, "Are like, you okay?" She's like, "No," but she's like, "I can't swim." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, crazy, right? I'm like. Okay, well, she's like, yeah, like, what do you do? I'm like, I don't know. I've never taught anybody to swim before. I'm like, just kick your feet and move your arms. I, I don't. Why are you here? Um, she was in the pool. Yes, she was in the lane. How weird was it? The shallow one? 
Yeah, I mean, it only goes up to like four and a half feet. So why does she need to learn how to swim? <laughs> well, I don't know, but okay, keep going. It's so she can swim and do this laps. Mind blowing. <laughs> yeah, I, you're telling me. Um, so I'm like trying to give instructions on how to swim, but then I'm just like, yeah, sorry, I can't really help you. I put on my goggles and I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm going. And uh, anyway, another Hispanic lady comes in, and not lady, she's uh, anyway, she's around my age. And she gets in the middle one, even though that's supposed to be closed off. And she barely speaks any English. And so the first girl, uh, Marissa, is asking, <laughs> yeah, is asking uh, me if I know what the rules are. And I'm just like, uh, you know, I think that lane's closed, but I've seen other people swimming in it. I don't care. She's like, well, I don't have COVID. I'm like, I don't either. And, she, and so we tell the lady, like, just swim or whatever. And uh, then they get to talking in Spanish. And like I'm swimming back and forth and I stop to catch a break and then she calls me over um, to like join the conversation. She's like, oh, I'm talkative. I talk to everybody. Blah, blah, blah. Do you speak Spanish? And I'm like, uh, very little. And they continue speaking in Spanish and I'm hearing things like gringo, muy guapo, and ah. all these different things. And, um, and then I hear them say like, uh, DSS, DSC Cinco. Uh, and they're telling each other how old they are. And then they ask me like, uh, how old am I? And, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, um, I don't know. Somehow I got on the topic of um, a teacher. Um, and then I like immediately brought up Courtney and I was like, yeah, I'm, like I'm, I wasn't really, but I was like, yeah, I'm about to go see uh, my Novio, <laughs> Novia. And uh, I didn't say no. I love spanglishing <laughs> yeah. it up. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, and they're like, ah, oh, you do speak. And I'm like, yeah. So um, they like, I don't know. The one girl that was there first, like kept trying to talk to me. And then I'm like, I'm just here to like swim and like try to hold my breath for at least 12 seconds today. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And so uh, then there was like more people waiting for the pool. And so I was just like, "Ah, I'm out of here. Like I, I I don't want to can, because they keep trying to engage me every time I come back down the pool and they keep talking to me. And I'm just like, all right, I got to go. And they're, they're like, uh, Oh, and before I left, they're like, oh, is your girlfriend white? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh, you don't like the Hispanic girls, huh? And I'm like, eh, like I don't discriminate. It just so happens that my my, my, my girlfriend is white. And um, I don't know. They were just like giving me a hard time about it, but like in a flirty way. And I was just like, eh, all right, this is cool. I'm out. You're like, I have a white girlfriend. What I don't have is a Hispanic girlfriend. That position is open. <laughs> Absolutely not. Only one for me. Shout out to Courtney. That's the love of my life. You're like, I can barely hold my breath underwater. I can't juggle multiple women <laughs> right, and multiple dude. races and swim laps at the same time. Yeah. Man, I've heard of like, you know, looking lost, and, you know, needing help with something. Dude, but, just you know, to not be being like in a pool. Yeah, it was like, crazy. A new oh, level. and the and the other I didn't even mention the one that could barely speak English. She couldn't swim either. Like, what are the odds that two people get in there that can't swim? What Ellie Fitness are you going to? <laughs> the one off of Kelly Elia, baby. <laughs> was it? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, it was. It was. Well, no wonder you're like riding so high off of your two no, days. No, come on. We're like, not going to say that. Well, yeah, I'm just strutting around the gym picking up women no, of no, all no. races, colors, and religion. Like, no. That is not why. You're like, a nun asked me out the other day. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Wow. Look at you. See, what did I tell you? You look good. Thanks, man. That's funny. Yeah. Um, 
what is it about Hispanic women that makes you feel more loved on than any other, like more, like there's a way that Hispanic women are just so warm with, like you hear muy guapo and they're just so like, no, I don't know. Maybe it's just the language. It's like a different it's a, touch. It's a better sounding language. It's a beautiful like romance language. Yeah. Um, that and like, what is it? Portuguese and um, some of those it, beautiful. Yeah. I love hearing that, especially from a beautiful, was she a beautiful woman? Oh, she's pretty. Did you say Diaz y seis? Because that would be like 16, right? Veinte y cinco would be. No, veinte is. Uh, 20, right? No, veinte is 30. Diaz is. Treinta is 30. I don't know. They said that because then the one that spoke English, she she didn't know that I could understand her. And she said 20, uh, 25, 20. I just want to make sure that you're not getting me too due to a language barrier. Well, I got a... out with her and I didn't. I didn't engage with uh, you know i didn't ask for anything so <laughs> <laughs> if if any allegations came you'd be like well you can't swim <laughs> i'm like i brought up my yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was an interesting part of my day but i think my girlfriend's voice is the most beautiful voice in the world so oh yeah good I, again good cover there buddy. shout out courtney anderson that's the love of my life right there you go it's not bigoted it's love <laughs> Not bigoted at all. That's not bigoted if you choose someone of your own race. Like yeah. some people are going in, uh, to very far extremes with yeah, some of that. It just so happened this white girl is awesome, so I locked her up, locked her down. Congrats, buddy. Yep. What's coming up in the Mr. B Rad Summer Concert Series? Oh, dude, I gotta tell you this. Oh well, I hit a speed bump. I hit a road bump. Um, so I, I mentioned last week, I didn't know if we would have one. And then I had texted you. I was like, Hey, uh, we, I have a guy. Um, this is, so it really is going to be like the weekly catch up, uh, June concert series. Um, but then, uh, so this artist's name is Colton Venner. Um, I actually have heard him play several times at the same place where I heard my ex roommate, um, and the guy that you guys heard last week um after, Garrett Owen yes Garrett Owen and this uh, I heard him play at this place called opening bell and um I had just been following him on like social media and different things like that and he had came out with a song last year that I just absolutely fell in love with it's called uh, honey slow and the gist of it is like uh, just having to like break apart at this uh, at the end of this at the end of the day, after the end of the weekend, whenever you have to go back to your work weekend, you're in a long distance relationship and like how hard that is and like how you don't want to let each other go and different things like that. And so I actually heard that song back whenever Courtney was living in Temple. So it really resonated with me. Um, and I'm actually, he's like, this is more of a country song and I like, I like country songs, country tunes as, um, as uh, Colton Venner would call them. Anyway, he hits me back. And he says, hey, like, I definitely would love to. Great. So I texted you. I was like, we have this guy locked in. The next day, he texts me and says, hey, actually, um, I made this licensing deal uh, like two months ago, and I have to check with them and make sure that everything's okay. And so I was like, okay, well, this actually might fall through. Um, and then he also asked us, he's like, and also like, 
what do you guys talk about on your podcast? Like, am I going to regret getting on? Because we don't really know each other. I think I've met him and I've talked with him in passing maybe once, but we don't really know each other. I'm just kind of a fan. So I said, uh, you know, we talk about like hot button uh, topics, but I, I think I don't I don't think uh, I don't think we say anything that will actually get us canceled, even though we you know joke about it. I think we handle a lot of our topics with care and everything like that. So I was just letting him know. He's like, oh, okay, cool. Well, uh, I'll get back to you. So he ended up getting back to me. He's like, yeah, so you actually have to talk with the person um, that, that I licensed my music through in order to get permission. And so he gives me the email and this is, he gives me the email of another guy called Colton and I start messaging back and forth with him. He's like, okay, so, um, you need to create an account on this uh, website called audio.com. That's a U D I I O.com. And, um, then you can license that particular song. You can do a one-time thing and license the song and you just select it's for your podcast or you can, uh, get like a year or a lifetime. Well, I just chose to purchase the, the license for the song. Well, I, and I tried to, but for some reason my card wasn't going through. So then I mess- messaged, back that Colton and he's like, Oh, well I'll get, um, the people from the website. Uh, I'll, I'll CC them and they'll try to handle the problem. Well, they got back to me very quickly and they were like, Oh, we really, uh, want this to work out. So they sent me an invoice. I paid for the song to be on our show and it has all worked out. And, uh, both Colton's and the people from audio.com are going to be listening to this episode. Um, and we will be featuring Colton Venner's song. And so he actually has recorded a message. Uh, it's actually really funny because he knows nothing about the show. He, and this is the first time like somebody doesn't even know us. And uh, so I think his message is actually pretty funny. And um, he is also, and I also have the license. I've proc- procured the song for our concert. How official. Yeah. Wow, I didn't know any of this. I know. You really I saved it. Was this like a lot of money or don't wait? We'll talk offline. Yeah. <laughs> so remind me what the connection is. So I had heard him play uh, at the same place that Garrett. Had right. At. And I, and I just became a fan just of him. Bookmarked him. Yeah. And so if you're not a fan of country music, that's on you, whatever. I think Colton is extremely talented. He's from Texas and he's currently living in Nashville. Um, How and- crazy. So you thought enough of this guy to follow his career, listen to his music, and now you're licensing his music for explicit playing on this show? Yeah. And as a result, his team and audio.com are listening? Yeah, they said they're going to be listening to this episode. So I feel like you set off all these like um, triggers for like, oh, there's there's an, a media property out there that's <laughs> featuring the music. Like yeah. That's wild that we're perceived as a media entity that features... Oh, yeah. I mean... Both of the artists that we featured up until this point, um, or all three, are professionals. Right. Um, but this is crazy. I'm anxious. I've never heard any of this guy's music. Yeah. Um, so this is, again, this is like kind of a slower song. It's not super upbeat, whatever. Um, but I, man, if you've ever been in a long distance relationship or have someone that you love that you have to say goodbye to, it's a wonderful song. I love the lyrics. He has a excellent voice um and you guys should definitely follow him we're going to put his information in our show notes colton venner that's v colton venner yeah c-o-l-t-o-n-v-e-n-n-e-r well colton we appreciate the shout out and you being featured on the show and just the fact that b-rad with all of his connections like 
it's almost more meaningful that you sought <laughs> this out in this way than even a personal connection that yeah. wanted to be featured or, or anything like that. So this has got to be a huge plug for for Colton's country music. I'm anxious to hear Absolutely. it. Absolutely. You got any shout outs before we get out of here? Um, I don't know, man. This week, you know, shout out. All right, let's skip them. Let's go to here. Colton. <laughs> all right. Uh, so without further ado, Colton Venner is going to lead us out and we will catch you up next week. Bye, everyone. Hey, this is Colton Venner. Thanks, uh, Brad and Carson, for reaching out about my tune. And thank you, listener, for uh, checking out my tune today. And I appreciate uh, this little segment that maybe is a surprise to you, or maybe it's not. But I appreciate you taking the time to check out my song. I would really appreciate a follow on Spotify if you like the song. I've got some new music coming out later on this summer and the more people that are following the more likely spotify is to pay attention to what i'm doing and uh it's one click of a button for you could make my dreams come true thanks i don't want to blame you that i'm sad and that i'm lonesome but it only seems to happen when you're gone i'm fine on the weed When I'm driving home from Austin I know that feeling's coming all week long We both know something's gotta change But for now, to help us ease that pain We play that same song Every Sunday night Holding off the seconds Before we say goodbye You whisper softly that You wish that I could stay And I can't seem to find the words to say So we just slow down Honey in the driveway slow dance Honey in the driveway slow dance Honey slow When we get done swaying How our hands they seem to linger We can't bear to let each other go I'll say I love you And one day I'll stop leaving But the best thing I can do to let you know We play that same song every Sunday night Holding off the seconds before we say goodbye You whisper softly that
your breathing that I hear And baby, just for a moment Everything feels like it's fine That's why I have to make you mine But until I make you mine We play that same song Every Sunday night Holding off the seconds Before we say goodbye You whisper softly that You wish that I could stay But I can't seem to find the words to say So we just Slow